2: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
0: Hi, I'm Zivi Owens, and you're listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. This 30-minute podcast features a new author interviewed by me every single day, 365 days a year, for about 30 minutes. I am also the publisher for Zippy Books, which publishes 12 books a year in fiction and memoir. Our books are already out now. You can check it out on ZibiBooks.com. And we have a magazine called Zibi Mag where we have lots of wonderful essays and lifestyle features. That's at zippymag.com. We have classes at zippyclasses.com. And I recently opened a bookstore in LA called Zippy's Bookshop. She is a cookbook author, TV host, writer, and rom-com author. She's mostly known for her work in food as someone who has been obsessed with the intersection between cooking that is easy and impressive looking. Her show on NYC Life called Potluck is in its 15th season. Her cookbooks include Modern Freezer Meals and Bring It and the upcoming 15-Minute Meals. You can catch her cooking in other places like the Today Show, People Magazine, or Food Network Kitchen. She is very proud to have been honored with nominations for the James Beard Award, two Emmys, and two IACP Awards. She was named a Forbes 30 Under 30, and Thrillist once said she has the coolest job in food. Welcome, Allie. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss Recipe for Second Chances. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, it's my pleasure. Your book is really good. You're a good writer. It's like smart women's fiction, rom-com, like great voice, like all the things you look for in one of these escapist, you know, rom-com abroad, you know, all of it. It's it's great.
1: Yeah, it's just I wanted to write a book that I would have fun reading, which I think is kind of what what happened to all of us in 2020, you know, we're like we think we need a little easier things that also tackle issues, but I mean that you know, end happily and like, you don't have to worry about it. So yeah, I, I'm so excited for it to be coming out and for people to start reading it. Oh my gosh. And you are not, a,
0: well, first of all, okay, tell everybody what it's about and then how your own, you know, chefdom, cookbook writer, James Beard stuff, <laughs> TV host, all of that comes into the the book and how you bring your own unique point of view for the foodie parts.
1: Yeah. Well, the book is a second chance romance um, about a woman who is really kind of at a crossroads in her life professionally. She writes recipes for a living for a magazine and she's going to one of her best friend's weddings in Umbria in Italy. And she runs into the man that she had a difficult breakup with almost a decade before. And so the book goes back and forth where you see kind of what went wrong before and sort of in the mix of this beautiful wedding in the Italian countryside. And it's an Indian Italian wedding. So it's just filled with fun and food and joy and I took a lot from my life because I'm a cookbook author and I also host a show on public television about food. So, and I love Italy. So it was kind of a way (laughs) to take all the things I love and then bring them into the other thing that I love, which is, you know, I'm, I'm such a voracious reader and I, I love, I love the romance category and just how smart and interesting it has become in recent years, which is not to diminish past romance, but I, I, That space that you said in the beginning of kind of between women's fiction and romance, I think, has really gained in popularity in recent years and for good reason because people want something that, okay, they know will end okay, but we also want to be challenged a little bit along the way. So I was just really inspired. to write something fun and different from kind of the cooking things that I normally do and so yeah that turned into a recipe for second chances.
0: Not everyone can just be like I'm going to try writing a novel and have it <laughs> come off this way. Usually there are several in a drawer or you're you've been thinking about it or trying it. Speaking from personal experience here, yeah. how did you do it? Did you try a few others or
1: did you just go at it, you know, cold? It was kind of covid burnout. I, you know, I had <laughs> I mean, I, i've I've been a, I've been a reader my whole life. And whenever people ask for writing advice, I, I, and I'm sure you say this as well. like you just you have to be a reader. Mm-hmm. But I had always been a much more I don't want to say literary reader because I think that diminishes the genre. But I'd sort of read the things that I felt like I was supposed to be reading. And then, mm-hmm. you know, during Covid, I was just like, I can't. I need to just read things that are escape. And I discovered so many authors that just blew my mind. And I was like, wow, there, there is this space kind of between women's fiction and romance that I I fell in love with. And it really started percolating for me, like, oh, what if, you know, what if I wrote this kind of story and a particular idea, this idea came to mind. And I just started writing kind of as a writing exercise, like I'm burnt out. I had finished, you know, my second cookbook and, you know, the summer of 2021, I was like, I just, I need to do something different. So I started writing really with no agenda. I didn't tell anyone in my life because I was like, well, who wants to hear about your novel? (laughs) You know, like, like, and I mean, I, I have no, you know, right. I don't have an MFA. I haven't been doing this my whole life. And I just, I really fell in love with this little story. And so I just kept writing it and yeah, it turned into this book, which I, I, it's still wild to me, but yeah, I, it, it's. I'd I sort of chalk it up to if you read a lot, hopefully you can find your own voice and your own way to bring something new to the space that you love.
0: So I haven't read your cookbooks, although now I, now I have to get them. Are they your voice? Like, is this your, is this basically the same voicey? Do, do you know what I'm trying to say? Is yes. it?
1: Yes. No, I mean, it, it's been really funny to have my close friends read my fiction because they're like, well, just, it sounds like you talking to me you know it's so i think my cookbooks have always been also very approachable you know my goal you know i'm i'm a mom of three kids i live in new york city i work full time i mean I, I my cookbooks are very much not precious you know they are like for people who are busy and want to get stuff done you know the first book is about potlucks the second book is about freezer food and my next book is about 15 minute meals so it i've always seen it as like let me hold your hand and guide you through it as kind of a fellow person who has no time. Mm-hmm. So yes, it's, I don't, you know, I, I admire authors that have the ability to sort of take on completely different voices and I'm not sure I'll ever be that person. But yes, I think, yeah, I think my I think my writing reflects me kind of, I don't think writing for cookbooks and writing for fiction is that different. It's just, you're sort of, it's a different narrative. It's a different story and it's a different structure. You know, writing is writing
0: mm-hmm. and
1: it's just about how you structure it.
0: I think we need a moms don't have time to cook sub brand here. <laughs> you can be the champion of that. Oh my God,
1: yeah, we, moms! Yeah, we don't have time for anything, and yet we do everything.
0: Do you still cook for your family every night
1: after doing all this stuff and fish? No, I mean no. I I'm, <laughs> Every night that is impossible. I mean, in some nights it really is like here are some grapes and salami and <laughs> leftover pasta, and you're welcome. I mean, no, and that but that you know, fifteen minute meals really came out of covid when i was cooking all three meals for my whole family and i was like god there just has to be an easier way to get this on the table because yeah you know i'm i'm very lucky to be able to do the work that i do and i get to work from home and we have a lot of help, and all of those things make it possible but no i mean i think cooking every single day for your kids you just have to figure out the way to balance you know meal prep with doing it in the moment with also not Like, just forgive yourself when it's Taco Tuesday and you're shoving tomatoes and cheese into a taco shell. Like, that's fine, too. You know, like, the kids are fine. (laughs) Breakfast for dinner. Again. Yeah. (laughs) Always.
0: (laughs) My husband did all our cooking in COVID. He's amazing. He's from an Italian family and, like, but, like, loves it you know like he relishes his time in the kitchen and will take as long as it needs and just like enjoys it and then would come up with these meals and like put them out for us to enjoy and like of course the kids are like i don't like this i don't like this and like yeah. 2 minutes later we're done and he's like you've taken all the joy away from cooking.
1: Oh <laughs> uh, yeah and there's a time for both. I mean i think that's what sort of people look at it as like one thing or the other. It's mm-hmm. like you can cook something great super quickly and you can also spend the whole day you know, laboring over something and they're both valid. Yeah. It's really just about forgiving yourself. And I think that's what reading, you know, one of the things that I love about your podcast and what you've done is that people need to give themselves permission to do things the way that they want to, you know, and I, I think that's been the biggest lesson for me in recent years. Is like I'm going to read what I want to. I don't care that someone, everyone has told me I have to read this book. I don't want to. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to read something else. I want to yep. cook something else. I want to do. You know, you have to sort of, yeah, give yourself the permission to find the joy in the things that you find joy in, the way that you find joy in them. You know, cooking is not a joy for everyone. But if you can find the ways to make it joyful for you, you know, then that matters so much more than doing it the exact right way.
0: That's interesting what you say about, you know, the books you should read, the things you should like. I mean, even now, I was in my bookstore the other day and everyone's like, well, everybody loves this book. And I was like, I am the only person who does not love this book. What's wrong with me? Like, I thought I had sort of popular taste, you know what I mean? Like, But what am I missing or... Maybe I'm weird. Like it, it it feels like there's something wrong with you if you're the one who doesn't like something that everyone else in the world seems to be liking, and then you're like ashamed.
1: Yeah, and it's it's hard because right, you don't know. You know, you think your opinion isn't valid, but I would say like, I mean, the thing for me as a first time author that's been very helpful is I've gone to the Goodreads like pages of books that I adore, and I read the one, two, three star reviews, and I'm like, this book that I love is not for everyone. Some people, mm-hmm. you know, I especially love books with really complicated female characters that are not necessarily always the good guy. You know, mm-hmm. like I don't I don't mind them messing up. And it's, you know, and that I, certainly readers of my book, you know, if, if you don't like a complex heroine, please don't read my book. Uh that is the feedback that I that I have gotten from Goodreads. But but on the flip side of that, it's like the people that love it really love it. And the people that don't connect to it don't connect to it. And and that's totally fine. You know, like you're not, every book is not for every person and that's okay. And I think it's, I think one of the things that is great about podcasts and review sites in a way that is so different to sort of how we grew up with like, here's the review in the newspaper. Uh And this is the definitive thing is that you get a little bit more context. Like sometimes from the two-star reviews, I get more context about a book like, Oh, this has like a really, you know, messy, tragic heroine. Well, actually I might like that. You didn't like mm-hmm. that, but I will, or, or books, you know, like I don't like in a romance book, I don't love a third act breakup. You know, I don't like when there's some like contrived breakup thing. Okay. So sometimes I see that in a review and I'm like, oh great. Then this book isn't for me, but I know, I mean, I know so many readers who love that. So I think mm-hmm. getting that context as a reader is really special because There are so many great books and we all, it's like, you know, you look at the lists and the things that people tell you what to read. And it's like, we're all supposed to be reading the same 15 or 20 books a year. And that's insane because there's so, I mean, the number of interviews that you do with authors is just a testament to how many amazing books there are. And you get to choose, you know, like the reason there's so many great books is because there's a reader for every type of book. You don't have to, you don't have to read the book that's at the top of the bestseller list. Like that's okay. In fact, you shouldn't because, you know, you have something interesting to say.
0: Yeah, this is, I want to, like, frame this whole thing. Like, read more. more. And by the way, it's really hard for me to narrow it down. I know that sounds ridiculous, but to narrow it down to 365 podcasts takes so much time and work. Like, there are so many other books that I don't even cover because this is just my personal taste, right? Like you, like, I have things that I like, but, you know, there are plenty of things that other people would like that I pass on, but... Not to say they're not good. They're so good. They're just not what I want to read. So anyway, very interesting. When you talk, by the way, about, you know, not to say comps, but books that you love in the same, that inspired you to write Recipe for Second Chances or that you look to as models, like what were some of those or who were
1: some of those authors? Oh God, I could go on for all eternity. I mean, I I think Tia Williams' book, Seven Days in June Mm -hmm. is one of my all-time favorites. I love Kate Claiborne. She's another author that, again, people either adore her or totally dislike her because she's very, it's not a big plot. It's more emotional. It's, it's emotional journey. So Mm -hmm. um, if if you like those types of books, all of her books, but her most recent book, Georgie all along just really floored me. And I I loved it so much. Um, All of Abby Jimenez's books, I think Mm -hmm. are just fantastic, but part of your world and yours truly her recent books I adored, um, and then a lot of the debuts this year have just been amazing. You with a View by Jessica Joyce, I loved. You again by Kate Goldbeck, again a very stereotypically unlikable heroine, but I just adored her. And I, if you know, if you like kind of cranky, difficult, really New York women, You Again is just like it, it was just perfection. So yeah, I there are, it, it's amazing to me, you know, I sort of like many people kind of started on like the Emily Henry track and then you start to realize like, oh wow. And I mean, and I think Emily Henry probably is one of the greatest writers. I mean, I, I would read anything that she writes, but it's, it's amazing to me how many, um, Ashley Poston, the seven year slip and the dead romantics that she wrote, I mean, are just beautiful. There's just, yeah, it's yes. I, I mean, I really read in, in one space, you know, at this point in my life, that's like all I want to read. And it's, my TBR list is so long and I feel like I can't, I mean, the authors working, writing in that space, it's just, it it's really floored me to be like, wow, we're, we're like living in a golden age of women's stories, you know, in a way that is, they don't have to all be tragic, <laughs> I mm-hmm. think, in the way that um, a lot of literature makes women. So it's, yeah, so, so many great books to read. Are you going to write another novel? I am and actually my next novel comes out next May. Oh my gosh. In 2024. Yes. In That's 2024 so it's called Yeah, it's alternate, you know, my um I I really adore my publisher with I'm with Amazon Publishing as I know you are for your next book. Um and I'm with Montlake, their imprint and they are very much on the train of like well once somebody likes an author, we want to get them their next book. So yes. Yeah. <laughs> so so my next book comes out quite quickly. Yeah, so it's so you know, it's called Alternate Endings and it's similarly, it's a, it's another New York woman who finds herself in Ireland for, for reasons, you know, so it's a, it's another fun, you know, it's kind of the same vibes, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to write, I'm hoping to write many more. I mean, I'm, I have to find the way to balance cookbooks, TV and writing, but I just, it's so special to be able to escape into someone else's world, you know, and as, as I'm sure you feel now. I mean, it's, it's scary to put something out into the world because, you know, people who comment on cookbooks don't have quite as strong opinions as people do about <laughs> fiction. <laughs> as I'm learning, I, yeah, I said to my, you know, my editor the other day, I was like, just so you're prepared. I was like, yeah, oh, I'm a woman on TV aging. Like what, what, what have I not heard? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Oh, okay. You know, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's, fiction and the community around fiction is just so special. So I'm, I hope to write for a long time.
0: I'm still trying to get over that you wrote a second novel and that it's already coming <laughs> out, but that's amazing. I know my editor, very tired. Like, my editor's like, we should think about another novel. And I was like, this is, I've been waiting my whole life for this. And yet, <laughs>
1: like, yeah. And yet the churn of publishing, you know? Know. but you, ha- I mean, the things on your plate, you know, you have to find Learning to say no is really great. You know, finding the things where you're like, I don't have the capacity for this right now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, your next novel will come when you're ready for it. Well, thank you. I can't <laughs> wait to read I can't wait to read this one.
0: I have to send you it know. to you. I feel like yeah. I feel like maybe you'll like it with your I don't know. It's
1: I, it's I would it's, love it. I know. I'm
0: I don't know sympathico. In the same uh I don't know. Now I'm like Maybe my cover is wrong. No,
1: I don't know. Anyway, (laughs) whatever. Rethinking
0: everything. Tell me more about the TV show. Like, how often do you do it? You were nominated or you won an Emmy,
1: something? I was nominated. You know, I've never won anything. It's been really lovely. I've been nominated for so many things and I never win. So I still have things to look forward to, I guess. But yeah, my show is called Potluck with Allie Rosen. It airs on NYC Life in the New York metro area. And it's a show all about the food creators, producers, chefs of New York. So my job, the last 10 years has really been to get to ask chefs all the questions that I would want to know. So I sort of feel like stupidly lucky that that's what I get to do all day. We used to do two seasons a year. And since COVID, I basically, and, and the station has been so supportive and lovely. And I just was like, I, again, like saying no, I was like, I do not have the capacity to do this twice a year. So we're now doing one season a year. So we just finished our 15th season. And now next year we'll have our 16th. But yeah, I mean, it's really, public television is amazing because you just kind of get to be nerdy. Like I get to talk, you know, it's like, we can be like, let's talk about the difference between firm tofu and extra firm tofu. And we're going to talk about that for seven minutes with an (laughs) expert who makes tofu. I mean like that. And I, I don't feel like food TV lets you do that, anywhere else anymore you know it's all like let's vote someone off the island so i yeah I, I don't know how i've sort of get to keep doing this where i just get to nerdily talk to people about food but yeah it's so that's i i feel very lucky because my i get to go to school every day and interview chefs and so it's it yeah it really feeds feeds into every part of my life cuz it's and it's so new york you know i i, I get to I mean, chefs and people in food in New York are the most diverse, interesting group of people on the planet. So it's, you know, everybody who comes to New York to work in food in any capacity just has such passion for what they're doing. So, you know, to get to interview people all day is, as you know, I mean, it's just like it's such a joy. It's such a
0: joy. I have to introduce you to my husband's cousin, Robbie Felice. Has a bunch of restaurants. He's this up and coming. Mm-hmm. He's probably yeah. like thirty, but now he has like four restaurants. One, it's oh in New Jersey, god. so I don't know if you venture over there. It's called Viaggio. Anyway, it's I amazing. Venture. He's he's amazing. I'm gonna put you. Oh my god! Yes, please. He's like tattooed, you know, rock yeah, star. That, like he's, he's got that chef going. look. Yeah, yeah, got that chef look. Anyway, so I've been like watching as he builds his business being like, oh yeah, I I know more about the restaurant industry because of
1: of this. I mean, the hardest, I mean, everybody always says to me like, oh my God, like, would you, you know, want to ever open a restaurant? I'm like, oh, the last thing I would do is open a restaurant. You know, like I, I, it's, it's the hardest business. I mean, it's just the margins and the, yeah. So I, I have so much respect for chefs and yeah, people who open restaurants and people who open bookstores, they are my favorite people and I don't think I could ever do it.
0: What's your like secret dream of something you
1: would start? God, I mean, yeah, if I I mean, I, the thing is, it's like I I love what you're doing but I I worry that so many of those things would then ruin. It's like I love being able to read and write and not have to you know, if you have a restaurant, you sort of have to then pick favorites and do, yeah, with a bookstore. I mean, it's like, how do you decide like what to carry in your store and who to support and how to pick? So I don't know. It's someone said to me, they said, Oh, you're a writer. You should start reviewing romance books for some outlet. And I said, yeah, but then I, then it would be work, you know, Mm -hmm. as opposed to like the thing I find the greatest joy in. So I don't know. I mean, my, I kind of get to do, I'm, I'm doing the things I want to do, which feels totally insane to say out loud. And I get to, you know i have three kids and i was a i had a whole fun fertility bonanza to get to that so yeah i'm kind of like living in this moment of like something's going to go wrong again for sure we've had a lot of difficult things but yeah in the moment i'm like okay i have my books and i have my show and i'm just going to write it as long as like, i until did not
0: i did not in any way mean to imply you needed to add anything more to your plate or that you no i just <laughs> Oh my God, no.
1: But it's always the question, right? It's like, what else, you know, what else is there for you? I mean, as you listen, like as you are discovering, you know, you find one piece of an industry and then you say, Well, this is also a special place to be in here. And they're all, you know, it's all so interconnected that it's it's always interesting to kind of think like where where to next.
0: Mm-hmm. My secret dream is opening a hotel. So I'll just leave it, throw
1: that out so there. Like a bed and breakfasty hotel or like a, a bookish, hotel? a very bookish boutique hotel.
0: That's my dream. Where it's like all about books and reading. It yeah. sounds fun, right?
1: I would hide there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, would, would I want hard. like the library in Beauty and the Beast in a hotel. <laughs> you know? Like like, you know, where you're like going along that like ladder. You know, like <laughs> this is heaven. Yeah. Got that hotel. By the way, like do that somewhere like outside of New York people can just like come and like pick out books and like sit. Yep. Spa. I mean that yeah, I'm thinking LA. Something. I, think
0: I want to do it in LA so they could just like go to the bookstore. And I don't know, this is my dream, but I don't have time for this. <laughs> <laughs> I know people ask you this a lot, I'm sure. And I hate being asked this, but I am curious, like in terms of when you do what or how you do it all, you know, not that like what is how do you answer that question? Or, yes, what are what's a hack or two that you have? Or,
1: I don't know, how do you deal with your life? The first answer is being not a jerk and acknowledging that I have a nanny. I mean, so that's, that's an undeniable thing. And if you look in like the, you know, in my cookbooks, especially, I'm always like, thank you specifically to this person who I cannot live without. But I I would say that the hack is to stop watching TV, which I know sounds kind (laughs) of judgmental, but it's, it's kind of amazing to me, like I don't think most people realize how much time they spend. People was like, "How do you read so many books every year?" I'm like, oh, I, I just stopped watching television. So I am able to read and write and do all of these things because I don't spend four hours of my day binging a show that I don't like that much. And I think a lot of that came from the type of TV that I like that, that I want like positive content that isn't dramatic or include murder is much harder to find, you know, comedy is much harder to find. So it was kind of easy for me to like, get rid of television from my life. But I know that I know that's not an answer for everyone, because that people love television. And also, it sounds a little gross and judgmental, but it's not meant that way. It's just that that for me personally, has been the way people say, when did you find time to read, to write a book and read so many books, it is that in the evenings, when my kids are asleep, and I'm not doing anything. And, you know, my husband works all day and then likes to veg out. And I was like, I could actually, this isn't how I want to spend my time. So I think figuring out the things that fill you up and then cutting out the things that you should be doing, the the doom scrolling, the TV. Yeah. You'd be amazed how many more hours there are in your day if you limit your screen time, which is hard. I mean, so it's hard to, it's easier to say than to do, but I don't know. Once you get in the habit of reading and not watching, I mean, I'm sure you feel this way. Once you're in the habit of reading, it, it becomes your it's your entertainment. I d I don't need TV. Anymore. Don't
0: watch TV, says the woman on TV. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Only watch TV. my show and then log off and read. <laughs>
1: yeah. Watch wholesome cooking content and then read wholesome books I wrote. <laughs> but you know, books <laughs> I wrote. Yeah, just live in the Allie Rosen universe, I guess. You like food and yeah, I don't know. It's it's that that is it's really hard. The how do you do it all question. I mean, and nobody does it all. I mean, I definitely feel like I'm, you know, my kids every single day they tell me that I'm not, you know, I didn't spend enough individual time with this one and I didn't do this. And I, you know, forgot to order the, you know, Cub Scout uniform and I didn't bring, you know, the extra underwear to my daughter's preschool, but whatever I mean, you don't do it all. You just kinda laugh and keep going and and make time for yourself. I mean, I, that's, you know, I said, my son is eight. So he now has a lot of questions about like, why my husband and I want to go on dates together. And I'm like, I promise when you're older, you will appreciate that you had parents who liked each other and made time mm-hmm. for each other. Like that's important. You know? So I think it's, I think, especially with kids, people get caught up in the like, oh my God, I should be doing this for them. And I, I think if you're happy and you have, you know, it, they'll be happier. So I don't know, maybe that's yeah. Woman goes on podcasts and says she's selfish. And that's her advice. That, that is I mean, not your advice. I feel like we need to continue this over coffee or something. <laughs> Anytime. Okay. i know. I'm, I'm like, I need, I need more like literary world friends. I'm, you know, I, I've, I've started to be like with people in the book space. I'm like, be my friend. I'm like, I have so many food friends and they're like, I don't know what you're doing with this book <laughs> stuff. Like, ah, so uh-huh. I would love that. Uh-huh. All right. Well,
0: Allie, to be continued. But in the meantime, congratulations, Recipe for Second Chances. Thank you, Thank you for
1: coming Thank on. You. Okay. Thank you for having me. Good right. luck with the rest of your interviews today. You. Okay. <laughs> Bye, Allie. Allie. Bye.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books.